Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Welcome to another year-end review show for Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie, and I'm here with Arnie. Hello. And we have some special guests again. We have Steve, the Ginger Prince, all the way from England. Greetings, everyone. This is Steve, the Ginger Prince, Swans UK reporter. Are you knackered yet? I am incredibly tired, but still going strong. (laughs) We also have Jay. Hey, everybody. Uh, Salacious Jay on the forums. I am the Swan Photo Enhancer, or uh, Editor. Well, you enhance the photos by making them better and propping out my thumb. He photoshops me. We have Barrent. Hey, everybody. I'm back for part two of the Swan year-end show. And I am Master Collect'em All from the forums, the Swan Holocron Enhancer, and co-host of Report Public Forces Radio Network. And soon to be on the Today Show. (laughs) And we also have Jerry rounding out the J's there. Hey, guys. Great to be back for part two. And today we're going to be looking at everything not Hasbro that was collecting in 2011. And I think I want to start with, you know, what the biggest thing was, the big event of collecting of 2011 was the Blu-ray. Do you all have blue? Are you all blue? Oh, I'm blue. I'm I'm so blue. I'm very blue. I was the first to be blue. Yeah, I got mine a whole week earlier than you lot, I think. And you you guys did. Are, it was great to have that review from you a bit early. And you guys are, of course, talking about the new Smurfs movie. <laughs> and I am definitely blue, and it is famous how blue I was, because I played the long game on the Blu-ray and <laughs> waited a whole three days. Now, I guess playing the long game doesn't mean when you pre-order something and wait three days to pick it up. I guess that's not what it's called, uh, playing the long game. <laughs> no, that's called being lazy. <laughs> I do that, though. I had got my Blu-ray player, and I had posted on Facebook, you know, what is going to be my first Blu-ray movie? And immediately, Jerry uh, writes back and says, hey, man, you only got three more weeks for the Star Wars to come out. And I was like, yeah, why didn't I think of that? But I am definitely blue. Oh, I so remember that. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait. You're just, you know, now getting into Blu-ray, high def, film watching, christen it with a new hope. <laughs> And I exactly did the opposite. I went ahead and bought The Walking Dead Season 1 on Blu-ray. But (laughs) the Star Wars Blu-ray was my second purchase. So did it live up to your expectations? Yet another round of movie tweaks, enhancements, bonus features? I think the nine-disc set is a a phenomenal Blu-ray purchase. It lived up to my expectations in that I think... All six films have never looked so good, but of course they were going to in HD. I think it's got some great extra features on the disc. Not everything perhaps we could have had, but uh, my big bone of contention is some of the some of the tweaks, some of the unnecessary fiddling that Uncle George has done, actually in the content of the films. I have to say the the very first thing I did when I got home from work, that is that Friday, is I popped in that bonus disc, the one that's original trilogy themed, and I've never done this before with any sort of bonus disc or features whatsoever. I just hit play all, and I sat back, and I went to town on it. The only time I took a break was to go watch the premiere episode of The Clone Wars that oddly premiered the exact same day as the Blu-ray release. But then I went back and watched the rest of the disc. And I, What was it, nine hours worth or seven hours worth of content? And I just straight-throughed it, and my 
biggest wow, because at, the, at, the, at this point I didn't realize it was there, was seeing the holiday special Boba Fett cartoon, which, by the way, the gang of Republic Forces Radio Network reviewed about this time last year. So check that out, republicforces.com. The most review content per minute of actual show, by the way. It was like eight minutes of review per minute of, of actual content in the cartoon. But <laughs> that little... I mean, to me, that was just the cherry on top. I was like, oh, my gosh, they actually got the holiday special cartoon on this disc. It is almost perfect. Perfection would have been the entire holiday special, including B. Arthur's just one more round, friend, then homeward bound, friend. Yeah, I have to say I love the bonus features on this. The bonus features make it for me. Honestly, I I'm just not overly sold on the picture quality of the original trilogy. I think the prequels have never looked better. I still think that the original trilogy, just a little blurry. We broke them out and watched them again, and I don't know. They just did too much noise removal for my taste. But the sound, the sound on these is phenomenal. Well, for myself, I've never actually owned the whole trilogy before. I never bought... The prequel trilogy, whether it was on uh, VHS, I think they first got released, and then they started releasing them on DVD. And I never bought those on DVD individually. And when they came out with the special editions and stuff like that, I, I had the original ones on VHS. So for me, this is the first time, it's the first complete set of all six films to have for myself. And I did the exact same thing that Jerry did. As soon as I got them, I put in the bonus features because I wanted to see... The scenes where, you know, Luke Skywalker's building his lightsaber and Return of the Jedi and the different features uh, that I never got a chance to see because of not purchasing the any of the complete sets before. So for me, it was a whole new experience. And I thought it was great. I thought the, the films never looked better. I think they, they sounded very well. And, and for me... The little tweaks that they made, you know, there was a big thing with uh, the the Cray Dragon call, you know, which sounded ridiculous. But those little things didn't bother me. I was <laughs> I was just so happy to have a complete set of all six films for once in my life that I was able to overlook some of the things that uh, the creator chose to change for us. So. I was very happy, you know. I, I I can pop in any one of those films, you know. I'm not a not a big fan of Episode One and Two, but I could still pop those fi- those films in right now and watch them because they're just great viewing. It's just it's just great, you know. You pop them in on on Thanksgiving and just let them run in the background, and you can't ask for anything better until they release the whole complete sets in 3D. <laughs> coming up. I'm sure they will. Well, A, you're supposing that they're going to actually convert all six to 3D. And B, isn't that a little harder to pop in on Thanksgiving because then you're going to have to walk around all day on Thanksgiving with your glasses on? I wear shades at night because I'm so cool anyway. <laughs> Maybe that would finally explain 3D from Back to the Future Part 2. He just loved his Star Wars movies so much he wanted the glasses on all the time. <laughs> So if if Baron had truly played the long game, he'd be getting some pretty damn good deals now in the UK. I paid about, I think it was about £65, £66 for the nine-disc set on pre-order, and I saw it last week at under £50 in a, a, a shop called HMV here in the UK. So that's a good £25 cheaper, and I can see after Christmas it perhaps coming down another £10. What's funny here is, Steve, it seems to have gone up in price. I noticed Amazon listed it, and the individual three movie sets were up close to 50, and the nine-disc set was close to 100. Other than seeing some sales on the three-disc sets of Black Friday, I've not seen the prices go down here stateside. I was just going to say the same thing. The prices have gone up online. I was looking to kind of just buy one for my collection, you know, just to have. I can't even find it in a brick-and-mortar store anymore. Uh, Best Buy didn't have any more in my area. Walmart didn't have any more. Target didn't have any more either. Well, I've got to be honest. It's it's coming down in price so much that I'm now considering um, maybe in the January sales after Christmas going and getting those, um, you know, the two individual trilogy sets um, that I didn't pick up. I've not had any problems finding the set, but you guys are right. I mean, it is routinely eighty nine ninety nine in the brick and mortars. I'm with you, Steve. Though I am, if I don't get it for Christmas for some from someone else, and I said this a few weeks ago on the Black Friday show, I, I will be picking up the original trilogy just to have that as my go to set. Because I, one thing I gotta say about the Blu-ray set is I love having the nine discs in the set, but my 
goodness, I just so hate that packaging. I like the packaging that Steve's got. That was the first thing I noticed, you know, uh, editing the photos was that his packaging was more of a normal, you know, disc, you know, pop off the plastic tray. Whereas you know, the one here in the States has got that slide in thing. And it's just horrible getting the disc out of there. Yeah, they, they just depress the middle, click the disc off over here in the UK. Yeah, I can't play your Region 2 Blu-rays, Steve, but I mean, if those nine-disc sets go keep going down, maybe I'll need you to pick me up a set just so I can put my Region 1 discs in your Region 2 box. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think, Marjorie, you need to put your foot down right now. He's going to buy some, some <laughs> Blu-rays that he can't even play. <laughs> That's so funny. Now, you, you know, you said, Jerry, that you, you had a hard time finding it in the brick and mortar. How hard was it for you guys to find the exclusives that came with this set? The Walmart one is like it never happened. I mean, like literally two or three different Walmarts around here either lying, were lying to me because they kept the exclusives themselves or just looked at me like, uh, we don't got any of those posters things, but they got here here they are in the box. We got the sets. It's like, no, 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 that's, that's the individual trilogy. You should have a, a box set that's got all of them. Oh, I don't know where those are at. Maybe check that display up front. No, no, I, I, I checked the display up front. That was the, the Lego set. with the, it's, uh, Never mind. <laughs> you know, I was able to get all the exclusives. I mean, at first, you didn't really know if you had to pre-order from here to get this certain exclusive or not. But, you know, I, I pre-ordered from Best Buy, so I went ahead and got that shirt. And then I was able just to walk in at Target and get those lithographs. And from the kindness of uh, a member on the forums, I was able to get the poster. So getting the actually exclusives to this set was pretty exciting for me, you know. I I wasn't I wasn't going to be sure if I was going to be able to get all three, but I was able to to lock those down. I had trouble getting the uh, Walmart one at first. Like Jerry, when I went to Walmart, nobody knew anything about exclusives or even where the discs were located at in the store. I actually got the Walmart poster about a week later in the electronic section in Walmart. There was just this box open sitting there with posters, so I grabbed like ten. I even used them as a Christmas uh, gift wrapping paper. No, really? Yeah, my uh, for the you know the Sithmas exchange, my secret Santa is getting a Boba Fett wrapped gift. I almost cried when I saw that on Facebook when you had the complete wrapped package with the Boba Fett riding that that dragon. I was like, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. I most certainly did. Yes, he did. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I grabbed like a handful of the posters. They were there and. I just picked them out of the box. Yeah, see, now, to me, the Target exclusives were obtainable, but if you didn't get them, you know, fairly quick, you know, fairly early in the day, then, then you know, they, they weren't around for long. I think each store only had 10 or something like that. The Walmart one was impossible. The Best Buy one, like, later in the evening, I just walked in and bought a T-shirt. But, you know, they like I said, they're mostly obtainable, and I don't even remember what any of the other exclusives might have even been. Those are the only three that jump out at me. Thanks to the kindness of listeners and forum members, I was able to get the exclusives, but it was not easy. The only one I was able to obtain by myself going in and getting it was the Target set, and that's because I was there at opening. They were gone by midday, and Best Buy was gone out of shirts. I don't know if we didn't get that many, and Walmart... We were there at midnight. Nobody knew a thing about the posters, but I guess that they had them at the other one on the other side of town, and by the time I thought to check there, they were out too. Now, see, the problem with that Best Buy shirt, which I think it was the hardest to find of all the exclusives, was because from what my Best Buy guy told me was they only had enough shirts for the pre-orders. So they had each shirt ordered to each pre-order that was ordered. So it's not like they had a bunch of extras, and I'm pretty surprised jerry that you were able to get one so I, i'm probably thinking that that was a maybe a pre-order that didn't pick theirs up and they just went ahead and sold that shirt Aaron, i think you're wrong about the best buy because the forum member who helped me get that shirt his best buy had a ton of shirts i think maybe some of the best buys maybe mine and yours only got them for the pre-orders but some of the bigger stores were swimming in shirts you could have gotten them a week later yeah i mean the display that they had in my best buy clearly had sections of that display that only the t-shirts were sitting in so you know Arne, you're probably right it's probably a hit and miss based on the, the the size and location and district or what have you so the lithographs which I think, honestly, is the best exclusive item to come with it because the, those lithographs are absolutely amazing. They're a nice, good size to be displayed. You can go ahead and frame them. You know, they weren't like a small kind of uh, like playing card size. They were a pretty good size. 
And the only reason I was able to pick those up is because they had them on an end cap facing the television sets in the back. You know, not right out in the front. I don't know why they put them on the end cap in the back, but um, it was over there kind of by the video games facing the televisions towards the back of the store. And they were all there. And I picked up, I think, three or four and got a couple for, you know, a guy on the forums, a couple people on the forums. But that said, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy I got my hands on those lithographs. Barrett, I couldn't agree with you more. I was so happy to get those lithographs. I threw those on our, our Facebook page, the Star Wars Action News Facebook, like immediately because I wanted everyone to see. Because there had been some rumors and some Target employees, you know, talking. It's like, oh, they're about the size of trading cards. Most people are like, well, that sucks. I mean, who cares? But no, these things are a good size. And, you know, I, I think at, at least three quarters of the, the ones in there look awesome just with the, the, the art, the type of uh, structure embossed paper that they use on that was just a really really well done of all the exclusives it's hands down my favorite it's the one i got firsthand and you know i i'm not a huge fan of the dvd art but it's nice to get some of the other ones the three posters that came out that seemed to be initially only at walmart but now my michaels has them which are the basic boxes cover art and those were in the lithos just wasn't too excited about the way they did the art of a little too grainy just you know art is very subjective and that wasn't my style but i was glad to have it the lithographs are a very nice size for art that i think is eh <laughs> well you know you raise an interesting point you know it's it's kind of odd an odd choice that all this art would look so grainy and blurry etc etc for the release of star wars in high definition you know, I'm thinking like the crispest pho- photography, the best UV high gloss, you know, something to really paint the picture. So it didn't feel right. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm not a huge fan of the whole the, the, the DVD packaging in general. But again, even I have to admit, at the end of the day, it's about the awesome Blu-rays. Now, beyond the Blu-ray, what else have you guys gotten this past year that really has been something specialty? When I look back at the year, you know, certainly nothing tops news-wise than than the Blu-ray releases. But to me, I didn't really feel like there was a lot of special, awesome collectibles that, yeah, there was some good stuff, and we all have our favorites. But, you know, last year we all said, oh, the AT-AT was amazing. Oh, my goodness, that AT-AT, that was just the toy of the year. And, you know, Steve had a good uh, comeback to that with the, the, the puppy AT-AT. I remember that. And, the, and we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, great choice, great choice. But I don't know if I have a standout. I mean, I've got kind of a little fun story later of a, of a vintage find I had this past year. But, I mean, in terms of just, like, the greater community, I don't feel like there was that special moment, that special thing that we can all sort of hold hands and gather around well my big high-end purchase was at san diego comic-con and i did pick up the uh, star wars gentle giant san diego comic-con exclusive uh, macquarie concept snow trooper bust i went ahead and picked that one up and i think that was pretty awesome it came with the different features on it and it, you know i'm not a big mini bust collector you know i usually stick to hasbro but i had to pick that one up i think you picked that one up too didn't you arnie oh yeah 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 and I also picked up the uh, Death Trooper. Was that this year or last year? It was out last year, and I got it on clearance this year. Yeah, I got it when you had the Star Wars news release letter. Uh, I mean, that thing is invaluable. I went ahead and picked up that because they had the special edition with the different heads and stuff like that. So I went and picked up those, and that fit in nicely with my collection with the troopers that I have, you know. And those were actually getting me started into the Gentle Giant minibus collecting you know and if I, I i can't see myself stopping you know if they go ahead and keep releasing these these trooper busts i think i might go ahead and keep picking those up see i'm in the exact opposite boat barrett this is the first year where i've kind of let my busts buying slide i remember at wizard world i picked up ula and darth talon because i got them really cheap and as the price of busts go up it's kind of like i said last week with the hasbro mini rigs so often, you can get them cheaper down the line. And I picked up that Death Trooper bus when Gentle Giant was having its big sale before Halloween, and I paid about half price for it. It's a deluxe bus with all these different arms and things, and I got it for a steal. And so this year, I've picked up all their exclusive bus. I'm in their Premier Guild. I get all that. But for their general release bus at the price they are, I sit back 100% of the time and wait for the price to come down. And I'm pulling back on them because I've got 
so many busts at this point. They've made so many that now it's like, okay, that's a pretty cool Luke holding his saber up in the air, but I don't know that I need to spend $80 on my eighth Luke bust. And really, looking at all my busts, that is the one area of my collecting that I may regret, is getting all these busts. Because when I got them, they were still fairly new and they'd really come along. I got into them around the time of Celebration 3, when I picked up the exclusive there, just because I happened to get in the right line at the right time, and then I picked up the silver ones. And I just kept picking up more and more, and... Now it seems like, and this is the problem with so many Star Wars lines that have gone on this long, I feel kind of the same way about Sideshow's 12-inch that I never got as deep into. They're either making obscure characters that I don't feel like spending $80 on an obscure character, or they're re-releasing characters that we already have from previous ones, and while it may be an upgrade, it feels less new. And while the Death Trooper is a great bust, and I love Death Troopers the book, I love this bust, I see a lot of the ones they come out with and kind of go, it's not new enough for the fact that the dollar's gone down, manufacturing's gone up, the price is just higher, and I understand why, but that doesn't make it less expensive to me. So I have to kind of echo Jerry. I didn't get anything this year, you know, or at least that was made this year. That was really like, wow, you know, I can't believe this is here finally. I've got to agree with Jerry as well that I haven't bought anything new in the high end or newly released this year in the high end. I'm not much of a high end collector either. I did pick up the Admiral Akbar Gentle Giant mini bust. It's the first Gentle Giant mini bust, you know, that I've ever owned. Um, and that's sort of been a, a little bit of an introduction into this end of things for me. But I only bought it because, of course, he's my main character focus. There's nothing new that's tempted me to get into this high-end field of collecting. I very much stick around the, the smaller priced items, the novelty items, when, you know, when it comes to collecting other than figures. You know, it's weird because for me, as someone who does a lot of high-end collecting, you ask me about 2011 and it's like, well, I'm real excited for the premium format hot and carbonite I ordered that'll be out next year. And I'm real excited for the premium format stormtrooper I ordered that'll be out next year. And what did I get this year? Well, what did I order last year? <laughs> you know, it's always kind of a weird thing that by the time an item ships, all the hype is dead. So... I look at this year, one of the things that is shipped to me, I haven't gotten it in my hands yet, is the FX Collectibles Hoth Luke helmet, which was a Celebration 5 exclusive that is finally shipping. And I'm really excited to be getting that finally. I have the Luke Mark Hamill signature plaque that goes in front of it, so it's going to be nice to have that. But at the price I passed on the X-Wing helmet that sold out, I just felt I didn't need two similar helmets even though there's some deco differences and i'm really looking forward to some of the stuff coming out next year but i feel like for high-end collecting this was a little bit of an off year there's been so much announced sideshow showed at san diego comic-con the life-sized han and carbonite which i honestly i really want to see the price but i think that it wasn't as movie accurate as the icons one it was better made but just not as movie accurate if they stick with the two-tone color from everything I've seen. And I'm real excited because I'm a hot and carbonite guy about the premium format hot and carbonite. But I got to say the one thing that really kind of jingles my bells a little bit, but I haven't placed the pre-order yet, is Hot Toys getting into the Star Wars market with the Bespin Luke. Yeah, I only have to agree that that Hot Toys Bespin Luke looks amazing. I, I had the Sideshow one there for a while, and... I thought it was certainly an improvement from the Kenner slash Hasbro 12-inch release from, like, 97. But, I mean, I guess let me put it this way. The Hot Toys seems like it is to the Sideshow one what the Sideshow one is to the Hasbro one. It, it does look phenomenal. And I think that price points, as you guys talk a lot about on Marvel Delicious, that, that price point of a Hot Toys, ooh, that's that's going to be a deal-breaker for a lot of people. I mean, you're talking, what is that thing, $350? or It's about... Three hundred dollars, but yeah, three hundred. Yeah, I was talking to Justin this week, who co-hosts Marvelicious, and I think that this has been overlooked a lot. For three hundred dollars, do you realize you're getting two hot toys there? Because he comes with two bodies. You've basically got all the parts and pieces to make up both pre-battle Bespin Luke and then post-battle beat to crap Bespin Luke. I think that future hot toys. Star Wars figures really will probably settle in the 150 to $200 region that the Marvel ones are. 
And that's not cheap, don't get me wrong, but for what you get, yeah, I, I think you stated it perfectly. It is to Sideshows works with Sideshows were to Hasbro's. Now, I have a serious question here. I saw the, the pictures when they released that they were going to be uh, making this Bespin Luke. How do you get past the fact that it's at a scale as a Barbie, as a doll, basically? How do you go from action figure to it not being a doll? And it may just be me, but I cannot fathom paying over $100, $200 for a doll. You know, when Marjorie and I started talking about the Sideshow stuff, we called them dolls. And we were made fun of. I think if you listen to Marvelicious Toys, when we were talking about the Tonner products, that is a doll. That is something that is a Barbie. You know, it's low articulation. It's like if your grandma was sewing you a Spider-Man. But when you start dealing with this, what is the difference between an action figure and a doll? I mean, you get a cruel mother and she'd call action figures dolls, especially when you start dealing with soft goods. This true type figure that Hot Toys has, has more than 30 points of articulation. And beyond just being articulated, it's well balanced so we can actually stand. And I gotta say, the pictures on Sideshow's site make this look I said it on the show, and Jerry kind of gave me some guff. It looks more like Mark Hamill than Mark Hamill looks like Mark Hamill. The face sculpt on it is absolutely amazing. You can, you can see the the beads of perspiration coming out of his skin almost. Yeah, I mean, there's soft goods around it, but it's 12 inches. It's not a Barbie. These hot toys that are for Marvel are some of the best figures I've ever seen. They're poseable. I've said it on Marvelicious Toys. It's like they steal the souls of the actors who play these characters. They're so nice. <laughs> Honestly, they blow what Sideshow has done out of the water. The 12 inches, those are kind of doll-like compared to these. These are like little mini Robert Downey Juniors. In fact, the Hot Toys line is what caused me to get my very first high-end collectible. And with this, you know, it's $300. You're getting two figures and the light-up weather vane stand that you can mount on a wall or on a ceiling. And the downside is, and, I'm, you know, we always try to be honest, the downside is these things are brittle. These things, hot toys can break. And you almost, not they're not as bad as Gentle Giant necessarily, but you see a lot of things if you get into the hot toys communities about some quality issues or some breakage issues and, People are selling parts all the time on eBay, but man, they are just so nice. What's keeping me back, even though it is two figures, the fact is it's two of basically the same figure, right? And you only get two Bespin Lukes. So I don't know. These are hand-painted, virtually little statues with soft goods. And hands down, when it comes to Marvel collecting, my favorite line is the Hot Toys line. And there's a good chance that that could happen with the Star Wars stuff, too. The other side of it is, if this is anything like the Marvel line, this is an investment that'll pay off. You look at it, you're like, oh, $300. Say you're on the fence and you buy it. You could easily sell this if you keep it mint in box, 400 or 500 in a year, if it keeps anything like the other Hot Toys go for. Because every Hot Toy for Marvel costs more in the secondary market than when you first got it. I agree, Arnie. Yeah, I just don't want to keep, uh, you know, putting it down that they're dolls. So I just needed to, just a little explanation. Well, did did that explanation help? Not really. They still look like dolls to me. I mean, it's just the scale. I mean, you could you could put as much perspiration and sweat and lines and wash and steal their souls, or whatever. But to me, it looks like an oversized Ken doll with the with the with better articulation. I just can't get over the fact that you know I could still take off. Luke's clothes and put on uh, G.I. Joe's clothes from back in the day. So I would just think that, you know, it, helped, it would help me a little bit to, to see the difference, but not really. Barrett, you've enhanced our Marvelicious Toys. You've seen the Hot Toys War Machine, the Hot Toys Mech Test, Tony Stark. Did those look like dolls to you? No, I will admit. It, maybe it's just the human characters that look like dolls, but the War Machine was is absolutely incredible. The Mark IV... Uh, the Mark One. What about Hugh Jackman Wolverine? Oh, that is such a doll. It looks like a doll. <laughs> what? It looks like a doll. Uh, no, 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 no. It just seems to me the humans, the human ones look like dolls. But you're right, Arnie. The way that they had the, the paint where it had that metallic quality to the Iron Man figures, I'll call them figures for you, they look pretty cool, you know, and all the different flaps and stuff and hands and stuff like that. So it, it, it's better if they made, for me, 
something like that or a job of the hut or something like that in that in that scale but for the humans maybe it's me and i just got ridiculed when i was a child for having gi joes and they were dolls and i just can't get over that fact but no to answer your question no it did not help me at all i still see them as dolls well i don't think we're going to answer obviously the doll versus action figure question here today but i mean certainly one thing that i will say very adamantly is that scale shouldn't matter i mean just because it's a 12 inch or 9 inch or whatever the scale you have to be talking about dolls are mostly in the, at that scale and that's just because that's what you know barbie chose to be but i mean you know when when my wife and i got married i had all my toys and she had like a shoebox full of these like glamour gal figures that kenner happened to make and they're four inches tall those are four inch little dolls because they had you know hair you know the intention of them was to do their hair and you know slip on new shoes and that's what they were even though this luke's has got luke has got clothes you can change around his job is to pose in an action stance and represent a fine movie he's he's not a doll <laughs> the, the the hasbro one from 1997 wasn't a doll listen i I own the Ghost Rider hot toy. If I put the flaming skull head on him, is he an action figure? And if I put the Nick Cage on him, does it suddenly become a doll? Yes. Again, (laughs) he's not human when he has the flame. It looks cooler. When it has the human person head, it's a doll. See, I guess it's because I grew up when my figures were all different sizes. I had Mego six-inch figures. I had Star Wars four-inch figures. I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle five-inch figures. So... Size matters not. Judge them by their size, do I? Apparently, yeah. Apparently, I do. Now, if that just wasn't a large enough figure, I guess it'd be interesting to see what Baron thinks of the legendary scale figures where they're one half scale. Those things are creepy. That's like having a little guy in your house. I told Marjorie she does not buy me that for Christmas. <laughs> do not pre-order me one, and that would just freak me out. They're, they're misproportioned. They even look a little, like, stumpy. Dan and I talked about this uh, when more pictures had went up online about it, and I compared this to my 7-year-old who's about – she's 49 inches tall, we, we found out today as we measured her, and it's like – Holy crap, she's a legendary scale action figure. I I don't want that. (laughs) Far away, far away. Yeah, I just don't want those in my house. And not even to mention the cost, but half scale is weird, (laughs) especially when you deal with full body. When they did the half scale busts, it wasn't so bad. I just never liked their style of their bases, the way they'd like, it looked like Obi-Wan had been shot through with a cannonball because they had that weird (laughs) C shape. You know what I'm talking about, right, Jerry? Oh, yeah, it's that, it's that light, lightsaber wound-like look to him. <laughs> it reminds like, me like, of, like, Terminator 2, the liquid one, after he'd been <laughs> all shot up. and But then you put it in a full body, and yeah, it's it's a child. That is some creepy, creepy stuff. Well, you know, Artie, to answer your question, I, I wouldn't consider the half-scale a doll. I would consider that more of a statue that you could pose. So... For me, I guess scale does matter when it comes to me and my brain, because when it's a half scale and it's that large, it is an art piece, you know, that you could display. You could put it on a pedestal or you had mentioned before about if you were to buy something like that, you would have it in your movie room or something like that as your piece de resistance. No, I have it in my garage as my piece de trash. (laughs) (laughs) at that scale for me it is no longer it it gets out of that doll category for me uh, even as the human figures and and it gets into more of a statue category for me yeah these things aren't dolls but i just it is the one time that sideshow came out with something and my honest to god response was ew (laughs) they're finely detailed but they just are not for me and the characters they're choosing seem a little bit Starting with the Darth Maul, yeah, we got Phantom Menace in 3D, but okay. And then what's the next one? Uh, New Hope Obi-Wan? Yeah. Let's take that creepy half-scale and put it on an old guy. (laughs) Those are the kind of collectibles that when you wake up in the middle of the night, you know, to use the restroom or something, and you see it out of the corner of your eye, you got to have to take another look to make it sure it's not the Chupacabra or something, you you, You know, when you're half asleep. You see that according to the middle of the night and you accidentally shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> now, sideshow to keep on them, outside of the Hot Toys, their own 12-inch line has been going strong. They had another Gamorrean come out, which is really cool. 
Do any of you guys collect the one six scale sideshow stuff? Well, I would if they just make some clones. <laughs> I think they've made a few clones. I think that means you do. <laughs> I think that's my point. No, actually, Arnie, this is weird. I collected original trilogy 12-inch sideshow for about two years. And then I was like, oh, dear God, they're making a freaking ton of them now. And I think the last one I actually picked up was the, the Vader, the Stormtrooper, whichever one came last. That was the last one I got. And then I saw the ones that were coming down the pike. I'm like, all right, I'm out. I've got to get out of you know, because of the cost, the number of them. And then quite frankly, I just said, you know, just saying I don't collect 12-inch figures anymore, that's just an easy line to draw. But I've enjoyed collecting them in the past, but my, my comment was just to say that it's like every time you turn around, it's like, hey, they announced this clone and this clone, this clone, and, and it's just like, well, great. Now that they figured how to make the armor, they're going Hasbro repaint city with it, and it doesn't really appeal to me very much. I'm in the same boat, Jerry. It's like so many clones, and it's almost too much too fast at that price point for me. I understand the people who are into it, maybe they don't do Hasbro and they don't do premium format, and if that's your only focus of collecting, then it wouldn't be a problem. It would be probably less than I spend, but it seems like too much for me, and I feel like they've really gotten good in their line, though. I love the figures they're coming out with, but in the early days, what they started off with were a few misses, and so I didn't get into it, and now they've really built this line up. Yeah, it's a lot, and it's a lot of armor, but they're still really, really nice figures. Oh, no doubt. Oh, no doubt. They're they're fantastic looking. How would you display those, though? I mean, you, I can understand maybe getting one or two of a character that you liked or something, but when you start buying six to ten of those, I mean, where's the room? Well, I've got an answer for that. I've got an answer for that. When When I had them, I had one of those, what's it called, Arnie, from Ikea, the Detolf, that really relatively inexpensive glass cabinet that's got like four or five shelves. Yep, that's a detolf. Detolf. It would hold, you know, if you grand you kinda of cram them together, but it would it would hold twenty to you know, twenty of these figures. And again it's all about collecting focus, Barrett. Somebody who collects these may go, Yeah, one figure's fine, but if you get a year's worth, 30, 50, 100 figures, where are you going to put them? It's kind of all relative. And I would add to Jerry, it's not as cheap as a Detolf, but a geek box display. I cannot wait to get my theater room and my new Smithsonian all built because geek box is going to have more of my money than Hasbro will that year because they will do custom dioramas or just do nice display boxes that you can diorama yourself. And we they are not a sponsor. I wish they were. I wish they pay me in geek boxes because those are so nice when i saw those at new york comic-con i said this is where my hot toys will go i'm not much of a you know high-end collector as far as sideshow and general giant uh, i'm a big fan of kotobukiya though that's one that i feel my dollar gets a big bang for the buck there you know it's kind of hard when i'm looking at sideshow and you know general giant premium formats or you know larger figures and then i see the the detail of nakoto stuff there you know i feel a lot more comfortable purchasing those and especially in my small space where I collect it has to be really good to find space in my collection so I'm a big fan of Kotobukiya. Have you picked up some of their new Artifacts Plus stuff that they did this year? They had the Stormtroopers and the various variant exclusives and the Darth Maul is shipping. Yeah I picked up the the Stormtroopers and uh, I recently got one from uh, a comic book shop in my area, that large Darth Vader. The thing is, is amazing. And, I mean, for 100 bucks, getting that, you know, quality of a statue is, you know, pretty amazing. And then I was able to pick up the Boba Fett bounty hunter, you know, that I missed out on. I, too, am going to start dabbling in this field. I know for a fact that Suzanne has bought me the uh, Stormtrooper Artifacts pair for Christmas. So I'm really looking forward to opening that gift and uh, seeing whether this is something I could get into further. You know, as we've been packing up, I found my Kodos, and I gotta say, I love Kodos stuff. I think that the price point and the detail, I'm not so much into their Artifacts Plus. I get that it's a little bit lower price point, but I just really love their Artifacts line. The big, the detail, they snap together so easily, and then as soon as they're snapped together, they look just as good, if not better, than the Gentle Giant counterparts in about the same scale. I just really, they did have a weak period where they did like that really kind of creepy Slave Leia and the bad Bespin Luke, but when they do their droids, their troopers... 
Darth Maul. They knock it out of the park. And while they did have that little rough patch, these days their sculptors are first grade. I just love their stuff. And we talked about it on our holiday show, the stuff they're doing internationally with the ties and the tie clips. Some of the best Star Wars product out there is coming from Kotobukiya, even if we can't get it stateside. Yeah, I had my wife listen to that show so that way she could, you know, check out those Japanese websites and get me some of that stuff because with my job, I have to carry business cards. I wear a tie to work every day. And I was just explaining to her how cool would it would be just to have those little subtle things to let my geek flag fly that could still pass off, you know, in a you know business setting. You're learning real quick, Salacious J. Have your wife listen to the show. Just give her little hints and nudge in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, I had already listened to it, and uh, while I had her in the car, I just listened to it again by chance. You know, it was the one that was playing. You know, as far as for me, as for Kodo, I did pick up those silicon trays. The new ones that are coming out, I've already pre-ordered, but I had to pick up the R2-D2 tray and the Han and Carbonite tray they are great i've used them uh, both for the ice cubes but also to melt in chocolate and have little chocolate hanning carbonites and little chocolate r2s the only thing is with the r2d2s the legs are a little bit thin and you have to really work hard to get either your ice cube or your solidified chocolate out of there without snapping r2's legs off yeah i snap the legs off and i just pretend he's in the x-wing you know where you can't see his legs I haven't used mine yet. They're still mint in package. I gotta say, I love the Han and Carbonite one. That one's inspired. The R2 one's pretty good. The second wave, I kind of like the ships. The Vader head, Stormtrooper head's not doing it so much for me, though. I, it's hard to beat something as cool as the Han and Carbonite, though. And the ships, yeah, pretty close. But I don't know. Maybe I'll get real excited if they do, like, Hoth stuff. Some AT-ATs and some snow speeders, because those are meant for ice and whatnot. But... The Vader heads, they feel like something I'd get at Williams-Sonoma. Well, the thing about the Vader heads and the Stormtrooper heads is, is exactly what the Ginger Prince mentioned, is that they will stay together, you know, because it's more of a solid piece. I did order the X-Wing and the Millennium Falcon in understanding that those little pieces that are kind of on the edge of the solid piece part of the body are going to be very hard to come off, uh, to get out of there without breaking off. But then again, who knows? You know, maybe the X-Wing wings will... You know, maybe they've uh, corrected that. I want to bring up a collectible that was absolutely amazing at the beginning of the year that was kind of a surprise to, I believe, the whole Star Wars community that Disney had come out with the Star Wars Vinylmation characters. They were kind of a surprise to me because I barely just got the notice of those from one of our forum members, uh, Madam Force who got in contact with me and said they were going to be releasing those late last year. And these things were absolutely amazing. They're little, maybe three-inch characters, uh, vinyl characters. We had a big contest in January about those. Uh, it was our first contest for Swan. And I go back to Disneyland every so often, and you ask if they have any more of these, and they just kind of laugh at you. These things are gone. And if you go on to uh, eBay or any of these other sites where they sell them secondary market. I mean, that ghost Obi-Wan character is going for no less than $300, $250. That is crazy. After San Diego Comic-Con, Marjorie and I did go up to Disneyland because of the new Star Tours ride, and we checked every place. And yeah, they looked at me like I had just escaped from the loony bin when I asked if they had Star Wars Vinylmations. And these Vinylmations, until Star Wars came out with them, I was not on aware of their existence but they had a huge like swap meet for vinylmations where people just showed up at night and just put out their rows and rows of vinylmations because they're blind box and had a big trading fest and it wasn't sponsored by disney it wasn't a scheduled event but there were no less than 20 to 30 people there swapping vinylmations yes this vinylmation characters these toys apparently have a really huge following and you could basically take your vinyl nations and you can go into any disney store even basically the disney stores in the mall and they have a, a system where you can swap and trade the ones out you know i took in a few of my star wars vinyl nation i had like maybe three or four extra stormtroopers i had a few landos and i traded those out and i was able to because my son he likes the uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, and they had a Nightmare Before Christmas Vinylmation. And I was able to trade for, like, one Stormtrooper. I was able to get three 
regular Vinylmations. So these Vinylmations and the Star Wars characters are super, super, super duper rare. And like I said before, I think it just hit the Star Wars collectors by surprise. And they are going to be releasing a second Series 2 coming up next year. And I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be sleeping on those either. You know, I have to admit, these are like the darn most ridiculous looking things I've ever seen in my life. I cannot believe that that these are collectibles. I really can't. I get it. And you're totally right. I mean, the thing that makes this such a tough collectible for us Star Wars folks is that we're fighting the Disney people for it. And guys, those folks are tough. They know a thing or two now. They are ridiculous. I have to say they are ridiculous. <laughs> but once you hold them, they're made out of vinyl. So they're not like plasticky where they have this kind of shine to them. They're really heavy for their size. You hold one up and it's almost like holding an apple in your hand. You know, they're about that same weight to them. And they're very soft because of the vinyl. And, you know, I like old school vinyl records, whatever like that. But they, when you first look at them in a picture, they shouldn't be as popular as they are. But when you hold them in your hand, I mean, the paint apps are, are, are very cool. They only have about three points of articulation. You know, the head moves back and forth. The arms move up and down. And they have those ridiculous ears on every one of them. But besides the Ghost Obi-Wan, I have to say my favorite was the Darth Vader. Because he looks like the Gimp from Pulp Fiction. I mean, straight on the Gimp from Pulp Fiction. You know, Baron, I have to agree with you completely. Because you did that report when they went live with the Final Nations and that great interview. And I was listening and I was looking at the pictures. And I got to admit, I was producing the show, editing the show. And I'm sitting there going, who cares? Yeah, there's these people who are nuts, but they sound like mostly Disney folk. You, you know, I kind of just didn't get it. And you sent me pictures. And I'm like, eh. Yeah, it's like a mighty mug with ears. Eh? The Lando was cute. Then you sent us to and We weren't expecting that. And all of a sudden, Marjorie and I both fell in love with these things. We were just like, oh, my God, they're so cool. We have to have them all. Oh, my God, they're expensive on eBay. Well, we're going to Disney. Had no idea they'd be so exclusive. These things are great, but I do think it's one of those you got to see it to get it because – I tried to get into it from the report, and it just – I wasn't seeing why anyone would be going so nuts. Baron, you were talking to people who bought case after case and that super chaser Obi-Wan. And I'm sitting here like, wow, I'm just not getting this. But once you sent them and I saw them, those two were on display at our recording station making us smile. Ever since you sent them to us, we just packed them up. They were one of the last things we packed up and wonderful, wonderful little vinyl figures. I really wish we could have gotten more when we were at Disney. And those cases were not cheap. I mean, there was people walking out of there with three or four cases and those cases were just like $300 a pop, like $280 plus tax for one set of 12. And they were all blind box and it didn't guarantee you that you were going to get that chaser over one. I just could not fathom spending $900. <laughs> On these figures, but those were, for me, the surprise collectible of the year. Now, were those uh, a Disneyland release only, or were they released in Disney World, too? Because I live in or like an Orlando area, and I, I didn't see nothing about them until your report. They were Disney Park exclusives. So I guess that the only they had a release party in Florida first, and then they had a release party in Hollywood. So the only place that you could buy them is if you actually went to the park. You didn't necessarily have to go to the Vinylmation store at the park. They had them in different places at the park. But you had to visit a Disney resort, Disney park in order to purchase them. So they're cool. true exclusives. Cool. So you didn't have to actually go into the park. You just like went to the like the downtown Disney area. Yeah, correct. When they actually had the release party at Downtown Disney, wasn't actually in the park. That's where they had their Vinylmation store. And, you know, speaking about the non-major releases, I have to say the company I think I've gotten the most joy out of this past year collecting, and this is going to be odd, Funko, with their pop vinyl bobbleheads of Vader and Chewie and Greedo and Han, and then their lamps. And I've got so many of those lamps this year. I think that I've just really enjoyed them as a casual pickup whenever I can collectible. Yeah, I'm a fan of the, the Chewy and the Stormtrooper one was my favorite. I don't dig too well on the bobbleheads. I'm not a bobblehead guy. But the Stormtrooper lamp is, is incredible. And their line of headphones that they came out this year. I mean, I'm not going to say who my Sithmas person is, but 
that's what you get. And I went ahead and got <laughs> some headphones uh, for my secret Sithmas uh, person. And I'm actually wearing the Stormtrooper headphones right now. And, you know, Marjorie had mentioned that I should get those, you know, while I'm going ahead and do the enhancing. And I picked those up. I mean, they're just incredible. They have really good sound. And it's just something fun, you know, that's not an everyday item out there that Funko really, really stepped up to the plate this last year. You know, the only time I touch anything Funko makes, and I guess it's timely now, is is I, I do enjoy picking up a holiday bobblehead. I've got that, that set that they've been making the last couple of years, and it seems like they make a new one every year. Maybe I'm just imagining that, but I think the R2-D2 that came out uh, a few weeks ago, I think that's new for this year, and I think last year they introduced either a Yoda or Jawa one, and then they've got the 3PO and the Vader are kind of staples, and I kind of like to see, I like seeing that grow, and I kind of hope they do you know, keep them all out, just fun, include everybody. They don't, they don't have to be limited in my mind, but I, but I think it's cool that they come out with a new one every year. So I've got that little arrangement of those Christmas bobbleheads, kind of a neat build. I almost picked up the Funko where they had the Halloween Funko bobbleheads because they had that Stormtrooper that kind of looked like a Death Trooper. You know, I almost pulled the trigger on that. And, you know, I, but I figured, you know, I don't have any other bobbleheads. What am I going to do with just this one bobblehead? But I didn't. But they had that Darth Vader that was Frankenstein and that cool kind of cranky Yoda, you know, that I didn't not not very much sleep. I have Yoda where his eyes are just kind of sagging. You know, I almost pulled the trigger on those. The final big licensee that we haven't talked about this show is Lego. And I have to say that this year I've kind of gotten off the Lego bandwagon a bit. I used to buy a lot of the sets when they go on clearance. This year, the only Lego item I bought, and I liked it, but I can't say I loved it, loved it, was the Lego Advent Calendar. You know, for some reason this year with my Lego collecting, I, I stopped formally collecting Lego years ago just because of the, the costs and the space and blah, 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 all the same stuff you always hear about people dropping lines. But I couldn't resist some of the, the smaller books they made this year, like the Lego character encyclopedia that came with a little Han and they had a couple, like a little three pack of books that, you know, Dan and I talked about when we did the show several weeks ago. And so I like little, nuggets of lego like that and i guess 2011 also saw the release of the of the star wars lego 3 the clone wars which i actually picked up for my 3ds and i actually kind of enjoy i think it's uh it's not one of those games that really takes 3d gaming to a whole new level it's just that hey we're gonna make this for every platform that we can make it make it for uh but i thought it was kind of kind of neat and it's the only version of star wars lego 3 that i even have i too am a bit of a sporadic lego collector i'm i'm re i really love the minifigs i mean i like the non-star wars minifigs but I, I do like the star wars minifigs as well i picked up the lego star wars advent calendar i think it's a great idea and i hope it's sold well because i want them to do another one next year i i think it's uh, good value. I was initially thinking that perhaps it would be build a, a model over four days of the advent calendar, but it, it seems to be that you're getting either a minifig or a vehicle each day. So I, I'm really enjoying that as a bit of a novelty. Also here in the UK, there's a, a newspaper called The Sun. Well, they seem to have some sort of deal on with Lego. And I would say about once once a month on a, on a Saturday, they put a token in the paper. And if you take that to Toys R Us, you can go and claim a free small Star Wars Lego model. So this year I've had a, I've had a free Vulture droid, a, f a free Star Destroyer, an ATST, an X-Wing. So I'm picking up as much free Lego this year as I'm, I'm buying probably. See, when it comes to the little sets, anytime Target or Walmart has those small ones in the gift aisle, I always pick those up. The Advent Calendar, I like the Lego part of it. It's actually the calendar part of it that kind of disappoints me. Just the fact that it, the box, you start punching out the box itself to get to the Legos behind it. I just, I wish it had been a little bit nicer. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. I suppose it has to be a box to, to contain the little sachets, it, but it is quite a deep box that maybe they could have could have slimmed that or I don't know. I don't know what the solution would be. Just this past year and maybe sometime in the fall, just a couple months ago, was the first time that I realized that the Star Wars Lego minifigures had like regular flesh color skin and not just the typical Lego minifigure yellow. How long has that been the case? Does anybody know offhand? To me, it's like almost not Lego anymore. And I was just, I was just taken back from that. I mean, it was weird. You know, it's pretty recent, Jerry, because, uh, you know, you mentioned that 
Lego dictionary with the the special Luke ceremony Luke figure that came with the book. Yeah. I, I remember flipping through that, and I think it's pretty close to like 2009. I think it was in that book where they switched over from the yellow-ish to the more flesh tone Lego. So it's pretty recent. It hasn't been that long. It's within, within the last couple of years, I believe. I've got a, a Lego minifig collecting app on my iPhone. And I'm just having a flick through that now, seeing as Jerry asked the question. And it, to me, it's looking like about 2002, 2003. You know, the, the last yellow skin figures that we've seen after sort of 2002, 2003, it appears to go to the sort of flesh color. Wow. See, to me, that's just weird. That's not Lego anymore. It's like Lego makes them, but they're not making Lego figures. I see what you're saying, but, you know, I... I kind of prefer – I mean if you're paying the money, you know, it's no it's no secret that the Star Wars license costs a lot of money. And, you know, you go to buy a Millennium Falcon, what will cost you, you know, three to $400 and you go to buy a same Lego build uh, vehicle from like say the Sequest or even the, the Pharaoh or something like that. It's kind of the same size for less than half the price. So I see what you're saying about the yellow and it's not Lego anymore, but – I suppose going back to Savage Press, they'll have to do him yellow. <laughs> they have, they have a, they had a Savage Press actually mini Lego, where they switched the actually was the first ones to have the horns that was a separate piece off the top of the head, which is a really cool feature that they're adding. You know, and it's just amazing that the design, you know, they can just tweak the design just a little bit. You know, make them from yellow to flesh color. Make the horns from being painted on the head to actually being a removable piece. You know, it's just little things like that that keep the Lego Star Wars line fresh, you know, and keep you coming back. You know, you may stop collecting them and say, hey, that's pretty cool. You know, I'll pick that up. You know, just those little tiny details that Lego does that has me coming back, you know, because honestly, I'm I'm just running out of room. You know, I like the Sith Infiltrator that they've been releasing. I like the... The different characters, the the big old Death Star that they released, but you know where are you going to find the room to to display these pieces? If it's cool enough and you have these little nuances, these little changes that they make, I will pick it up. Yeah, I love the changes that they're doing to the the minifigures. Uh, I mean, just going back because I remember back in the day looking at minifigures, and you know they were just solid chunk of plastic, especially with the aliens. You know, they were just a solid color. They looked horrible. Uh, I think it was the Saboba, you know, from the original release of Lego. Just looked awful in comparison to the Saboba that came out this year. Oh, yeah, the Sabobas and the Wados and, and, and characters like that. That was just, I mean, that was almost embarrassing the way they made some of those. And, you know, Dan and I talked that when we you know, had the show earlier this year that I, how impressed I was because I think it was when I was on vacation sometime in the summer that my family stopped at Toys R Us and I just decided to see what was going on with Lego. And I was so impressed with just how cool those minifigures have started to, to get in terms of the, the detail and the extra pieces, you know, Barrett, like you said. And then I think that was probably one of the moments where I was like, wait a minute, this isn't yellow. But, you know, either way, they, 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 they're certainly making toys, their, their figures and their vehicles much higher end than they did 13, 14 years ago whenever they first came out or 12, 13 years ago when they actually started making the Star Wars ones. Yeah, but come on, guys. Who's not going to pick up those pod racers? I mean, who is not? I have not seen the pod racers yet at my stores, but as soon as I see that, I'm picking them up. I mean, who can pass up? Oh, they're out. I saw them at Walmart. Have you seen them already? Yep. Did you pick one up? Nope. <laughs> well, they're going to answer my question right there. Waiting for clearance. Always wait for clearance. I'm playing the long game on this. So you buy them on Tuesday. Yeah, I'll buy <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy them tomorrow when I see it. But I, I would not pass up on those pod racers. I mean, just the way they looked and, um, you know, seen for the pictures from the cons. I mean, that's something that, uh, you know, I couldn't pass on. I'd like to talk just very briefly about three minor lines, really, that have uh, appealed to me this year, again this year, or for the first time this year. I think Adidas is still knocking out some great stuff. It's quite expensive, but if you wait, it usually comes down in price a bit. I know Suzanne's picked up a a great jacket this year from Adidas, a Star Wars jacket, and they're still doing some really way out stuff like those hairy Wampa trainers they've put out. I also would like to give a, a mention to the moleskin notebooks. I know Jerry on a previous episode had talked about picking one of those up. I really like these. I've picked a couple up myself. 
they're not everyday notebooks, but I think they're great-looking notebooks if you've got a, a special purpose to use them for. And then lastly, something that's been uh, quite recently mentioned quite a bit on the forums is these little uh, power plates. Now, again, someone was good enough to send me the Admiral Akbar one because, you know, they carry <laughs> focus and so on. But I've not seen them at all in the UK. And if they do make their way over to the UK, there's something that I will definitely try and get a full set of. You know, those power plates really have taken off. I see them all the time at Target. I have four. I really like them. But for some reason, I just I have trouble on the whole blind box thing. I think I'd rather go to eBay and just buy the set rather than throw money down a bottomless pill of blind boxed. Mr. Tokidoki? Is uh, against the blind box now? <laughs> That's Marjorie. Marjorie's yeah. Mrs. Tokidoki. Yeah, I, I love blind boxed items. <laughs> I really do. If it's like a surprise each time, then it's more fun for me to open. What fun at opening a package if you know what's in it? It's like Christmas every time. Except it's Christmas and I got another one of the same thing. It's Christmas and I got another one of the same thing. It's Christmas for Groundhog's Day. <laughs> you know, I can't say that if you have a child, those power plates are pretty cool because, you know, you're always constantly putting things up. You know, my, my seven-year-old son is bringing things from school. You know, he gets an A on this or whatever. And you're constantly, you're constantly putting drawings and stuff on the refrigerator. And those power plates are the coolest refrigerator magnets on the planet, man. And... I'm just waiting for him to bring me more stuff, you know, so I can put up, you know, Slave Leia on here or, you know, no Ewoks or something like that. So my, my refrigerator is covered with drawings, spelling tests, and power plates. Yeah, mine too. I, I look forward to him bringing stuff to me just so I can pull out another power plate just to stick it on there. And plus, because I love, because we recently built a house and, you know, moved in this year. And my wife was, you know, absolutely no Star Wars outside of your office that you built. And so I'm sneaking them out a little bit at a time on the refrigerator. Isn't it funny how wives come up with those rules and then we find ways to get around them? Oh, Pharaoh got an A plus. We got to support him. Power plate. Boom. Even we started that way. Star Wars will be confined to the Smithsonian. Except for this item that can go in the living room. Now, this item can go in the living room. Now, with the new house, Marjorie's like, just put it everywhere. Just put it everywhere. Main floor bathroom, Super 7 wallpaper. (laughs) Yeah, I tried sneaking some coasters out the other day. It wasn't going to (laughs) happen. Ouch. That's hard. Coasters. Well, that's this show. Well, thank you guys for being on the show this week. We'll be back next week with our final year in review show. See ya. Goodbye. See See you next time. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com, HansHideout.Blogspot.com, and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. 
The Star Wars Action News Team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is copyright 2011, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a production of Venganza Media Incorporated. Just to let you guys know, this is going to be coming out right around Christmas, so this is our musical episode where we're going to break into, you know, holiday-ish type of song about Star Wars from time to time. I hope you all have uh, rehearsed adequately. Sure. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. What Wait, song? What are, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't you guys get the emails that we're going to sing for the Christmas episode? No. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. La, 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 la. Steve got the email. Westside Crips are very jolly. Yup, 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 yup. Don, we now are gold bikini. La, 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 la. I can't think that's of nothing that's not dirty. La, 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 la. That's not unusual for parents, sadly. Perfection would have been the entire holiday special, including B. Arthur's Just one more round, friend, then homeward bound, friend. I told you it was going to be the musical episode. Everybody should be jumping in on this one. <laughs> so I can put my Region 1 discs in your Region 2 box. Oh, that sounded <laughs> dirty. Own, would you own a 12-inch Captain Kirk that you could take his clothes off? Well, no, because I don't collect Star Trek. Not because it's not, not because it's a doll, <laughs> or, or not because I can, can that I that I have a conception that's a doll. Would you give a man a foot rub? <laughs> that's what that came off like. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of tired right now. <laughs> right. I sure I sure hope we can all get together again next week. Two weeks in a row. That's that's unbelievable. Three, Three weeks, weeks over the holidays. I know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the way Steve's cleared his calendar for us has just been <laughs> nothing shy of impressive. Poor guy doesn't sleep in December, though. I'll tell you that. Mrs. Ginger Prince has a very cold bed. Yeah. <laughs>